Tell me who had believed, had believed our report, and to whom is it revealed, the mighty arm of the Lord. Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church here in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Have you ever met a real man of God? They don't act like you would expect, and they don't speak words that you would expect to hear. I'd like to share a story of Smith Wigglesworth that has helped me on more than one occasion. Smith Wigglesworth was holding meetings in a certain town three times a day. At those meetings, people were being healed of cancer. The deaf were having their ears open. People unable to walk were being healed. Many were being born again and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. The senior pastor that built that hall, along with two associate pastors, asked Smith if he would go pray for a woman in the city who was very ill. They told him that the woman and her husband had some real social standing, and if she were healed, it would make a big impression on the people of that city. Smith replied that he could not see how he would have any free time to visit the woman with the three meetings a day and the time spent at each. But they persisted, pushing to the effect of what it would do in the city if this woman of this caliber would be healed. Finally, Smith agreed that he would stop by her home on the way to the evening meeting. Because of the woman's influence, all three pastors went with him, along with Mr. Wigglesworth's daughter and her husband. The home was in the richest part of the city. They drove up to the door and were ushered into a lavish room and then to a large bedroom. There, propped up on the bed, dressed like a queen, and surrounded by fancy cushions, was the woman. Smith Wigglesworth stopped and spent some time just staring at the sight. Finally, he remarked, Well, you certainly look comfortable. The woman snapped back, I beg your pardon. Smith said to her again, You look very comfortable. While the stately lady let loose a tirade of words that left her exhausted. Smith answered her back, Oh, I see you are not ready for me yet. Good evening. And he turned and walked out of the house and got back in the car. His own family suggested that he had been a little too harsh. But Smith replied as he often would, I know my business. The three pastors stayed in the house trying to pacify the woman. Then they came out and begged Mr. Wigglesworth to go back into the house and pray for her. He answered sternly, no. She is not ready for me. Let us go on to the meeting. The group with Smith was a little shaken with the incident, but by all looks, Smith was not and went on to minister with the same power and anointing that he had been. And again, after the preaching, he spent the night praying for the sick. The next morning, they had the morning service as usual. The Spirit of God was there working tremendously. At the close of the address, Smith Wigglesworth invited all to come nearer to God. He spoke, If you move forward only a foot, you will be blessed. If you move forward a yard, you will get more. If you come up to the platform, we will pray for you, and God will meet your needs with his supply. All in the hall began to move forward. But there was a woman, a stately woman, that in her effort to be to the front first, 
fell prostrate on the ground. It was the woman that Smith had visited the night before. She was broken, contrite, and humbled, and shared that after Smith had left her, she deeply repented and God had healed her. She wanted to get to the altar to give her life to God. Psalm 51.17 states, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. Did you hear what healed the woman? It wasn't Smith. He wasn't there. She humbled herself, and God healed her. I would like to begin the music with the song, Create in Me a Clean Heart, from Psalm 51, ministered here by the My Girls. Let this song minister to you.
like to begin with prayer. Father, open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we could attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I have shared that back in the 80s, God gave me a job in a large grocery store chain as a sign maker. I worked in that position for quite a while. And then one day, the store manager came to me and asked me to join him for a walk on the parking lot. Once we got out there, he turned to me and said that he had just gotten a memo from the corporate office that the sign maker position had been eliminated immediately. He said, Kathy, you no longer have a job. He said, I would like to offer you a position as a checker, but I can't do that for another three weeks. But I can give you a job as a bagger until then with the same pay you're making now. What could I do? I knew it was right for me to stay there because I needed the money. So I became a grocery store bagger. I was in my 30s and I had two children. I remember the big tall men with their big trucks would stand there and watch me climb up the back of their truck to put the groceries in the truck bed. And then after the three weeks, I became a checker. I remember one day I made a mistake and my supervisor, who had just turned 18, yelled at me in front of all the customers. I turned around to go back to my position and I remember saying to myself, I didn't go to college for this. And then right then, I knew why I was in the position I was in. Pride. Pride. And it, my position didn't get any better. Right then, my husband's job changed, and I could no longer work the hours that I had been. And at the same time, the weekend third shift checker's job opened up. It went from Friday evening at 11 o'clock p.m. to Saturday morning at 7 a.m., and then again from 11 o'clock Saturday evening to 7 a.m. Sunday evening. I had to take it. There was no other time I could work. You know, I didn't hate much in my lifetime, but I hated that job. When I worked at it, the stalkers wouldn't talk to me. Teenagers would come in and steal or try to destroy items. Most of the time, the people that came in in the middle of the night weren't too friendly. And when I got home the next day, I couldn't go to sleep right away because I had two children that I had to take care of while my husband was at work. It's Sunday, I would come home and I would sleep for an hour and then I would get right back up and go to church. I hated that job. But one night driving to work and being upset that I had to go back to work, God spoke to me and he said, you need to thank me for that job. Thank him. You know, I knew he was right. But when I began and I opened my mouth, I couldn't. It was so difficult to thank him for a job that I hated. But I began the only way I knew how. I thanked God for the $86.35 that I made every weekend that I used to buy groceries for my children. So I thanked him for the money and I thanked him for the food it bought. And you know, as I continued on doing that, it got to be where I could thank him that I had a job that would make money so that I could buy food for our family. I th thanked him for a job that I was able to work, that I was physically able to work a job, that, that God gave me a job. 
And you know, after I did that for a little while, the job began to get better. The circumstances didn't change, but my heart began to change. And then not long after that, God spoke to me again on the way to work. And he said to me, if you will believe me, I'll take you out of that job. And you know what my answer back to God was? Watch my dust. And I set my heart to believe him all I could. And you know, it wasn't the next day or the next couple of days that my husband's job changed again and I could no longer work the weekend third shift and I was put back in the same job as a checker that I had before. And not long after that, giving thanks for what God did and for the job that I had, again, working days, the manager of the store came to me again and said, Kathy, would you go for a walk with me out on the parking lot? My first thought was, oh gosh, what's going to happen now? But we set to work in the parking lot and he turned to me and he said, Kathy, you're not going to believe this. But the corporate office just sent me a memo that the sign makers positions have all been reinstated. Do you see what God did here? He put me on a path of righteousness, of correction. And not only did he put me, but he put 400 sign makers jobs were eliminated at one time so that God could deal with my heart and probably some others, but he was dealing with mine. And then when he, when I got through the correction and when I got to where God wanted me, he reinstated that job back to me, just like I had it before. Now, first Peter five, five states, likewise, you younger submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, and all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. When I humbled myself and started thanking God for that job, he granted me grace and gave me my job back that I had before. You know, along with this, I want to look at an example, our example, Jesus. Did you know that Jesus is our example? He became a man like you and I and became our example before he went to the cross. Jesus became a man like I shared last week. But Jesus had the spirit of Jesus in him. He had the spirit of Jesus in him. And I want to talk about that spirit today. I want to talk about the strength of that spirit because the spirit of Jesus the same spirit that Jesus walked in as he was a man, as he was our example, that same spirit is in us. And how do I know that? Let's go to 1 Corinthians six seventeen. It states, But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Where did we get that spirit? Where did we get the spirit of Jesus in us? We got it when we were born again, when we were saved, when we received Jesus. It states here that when we were joined with the Lord, we became one spirit. One spirit. So if you are born again, if you have received Jesus, if you are saved, then his spirit and yours have become one. Now what did you get when you got the spirit of Jesus? Let's take a look. I'm going to go to John 13. I'm going to give us some examples of what Jesus walked through to show us the spirit of Jesus, the strength of that spirit. John 13, verse 3, Jesus knowing 
that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God. He rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. Verse 5, And after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Do you see here the one that created the universe and the world we live in became a man, humbled himself, and washed his disciples' feet. And one more point here I want you to see. He not only washed the disciples' feet, he not only humbled himself and did that, but he also washed Judas' feet. Judas was there. He hadn't yet betrayed Jesus. Jesus, knowing that Judas was going to betray him, kneeled down and washed Judas' feet. Do you see the strength of that spirit in Jesus? Do you see what he was able to do? Now let's go to Matthew 26, 39. And this is Jesus in the garden. And it states, and he went a little further, Jesus, and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Do you hear what Jesus the man is saying? Right here, he asked his heavenly Father if it was possible for the cup to pass from him. He did not want to go to the cross. He was a man like you and I, and he knew what was coming. It was written in the word of God. He knew what he was facing. And at that time in the garden, he didn't want to go. But look at the strength of that spirit in this man. Look at the spirit of Jesus. The spirit that is in you and I. Look what he says next. Nevertheless, not as I will, but what thou wilt. Jesus humbled himself. You know, it talks about this in Philippians 2, verse 8, and it states, And being found in fashion as a man, that's Jesus, he humbled himself and became obedient. A man with the spirit of Jesus in him. Jesus became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He knew what was coming, and he knew what he had to do. And so he states, nevertheless, Father, not what I will, but what thou wilt. That is the strength of the spirit that is in you and I. Able to humble himself and be obedient. Obedient even unto death. Look at the strength of that spirit. Now let's go a little bit further on. Matthew 26, verse 53. He's speaking with Peter here. Peter tried to defend Jesus and he took out his sword and he cut off the ear of a servant. 53, it states, this is Jesus speaking. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels. But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? You know, back in that time, the experts believed that a legion was 6,826 men. And Jesus tells Peter, 
Do you not think that I can now pray to my father and he will presently give me more than 12 legions of angels? But look at what this man said to Peter. But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? That spirit of strength in Jesus humbled himself and said, we are going to the cross. Well, the last verses I want to speak of today, and we'll continue this into next week. But the last I want to speak of today is in Mark 15. And I'm going to begin in verse 1. And this is Jesus before Pilate. Verse 1. And straightway in the morning, the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and the scribes and the whole council and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he, Jesus, answering, said unto them, Thou sayest it. And the chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. And Pilate asked him again, saying, Answerest thou nothing? Behold, how many things they witness against thee. But Jesus yet answered nothing. They accused him and accused him. And Jesus answered nothing nothing. Look at the strength of that spirit. Do you know that spirit's in us? We don't have to answer every question that is given us. We can yield to that spirit in us and we can stand and we can be silent if that is the will of God. That's what Jesus did. In fact, he did it so that Pilate marveled. That is the spirit of Jesus. That is the spirit in us. We are joined to the Lord and we're one spirit. That we have the same spirit that was in Jesus. We have that strength in us. We have that ability in us. We have that humility in us. We have that desire to be obedient in us. I thank God for the gospel. I thank God for that spirit that's in us. So tell me, are you saying to yourself, but I'm backslidden and I don't know how to get back to God? Well, Jesus has your answer. It's in Mark 1, 14, 15. Now, after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Backsliding is just unbelief. The gospel hasn't changed. You just stop believing in it. You stop trusting in it. That Jesus died for your sins and suffered greatly for them. That his body was buried and his soul and spirit went to hell for you to pay for those sins. And the third day he was raised from the dead. And when he was, what separated you and God was paid for. Your sins are forgiven, including that unbelief. Let's finish with Holy Highway, ministered here by Terry and the Browns.
you for joining me and the musicians from Water of Life Church. I would love to hear from you. You may reach me by email at Kathy, K-A-T-H-I-E, at Kathy Davidson, W-O-L dot com, or you may write me at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, P.O. Box 86-1327, Plano, Texas, 75086. You may find me on the internet at www.kathydavidsonwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.